If you take your Bibles to Romans chapter 15 tonight, Romans chapter 15, we're going to be looking at uh, this chapter, the first half of this chapter this evening. And as we have this year the theme of glory, glorifying the Lord, bringing glory to God, I want to look uh, at this passage and uh, in particular at at two points that uh, the Lord emphasises on ways in which we can glorify God. Um, Those two points as as we look through we'll be considering the subjects of helping, edifying one another and also of trusting the Lord. And to illustrate the connection, helping one another, trust in the Lord, we might, um, it, you might consider the, the true account of, of a ship, a ship at the, battle, uh, the evacuation of Dunkirk. Um, when Allied troops were leaving France, uh, they had to be evacuated to England. There was one ship, um, a French destroyer, the Borasque. It was loaded with 1,200 soldiers evacuated from the beach, but it struck a mine and it listed heavily to port before sinking. Survivors were rescued by another ship, the French destroyer, the Branlebas, but there were uh, about half of those lives lost in the process. And the point of the illustration, that the fact that they were rescued would have been a relief. There, there was a, um, uh, it was very uh, much a frantic operation in a sense to try and organise transport to get so many troops away from danger. And these soldiers had finally been loaded onto a ship and they were going to safety. And yet it wasn't safety. They had been loaded onto a, a ship that would soon be a sinking ship. And it's one thing to help out one another and, and to be um, striving together and working one with another, but we need to um, also remember that, that we're, we're not in a sinking ship. <laughs> we're not coming alongside to help each other into a ship that's about to go down. We're, we have the sure promises of God to rely on as we uh, strive together. It's... it's uh, not jumping out of the uh, pan into the fire. We have the Lord to rely upon. And so we'll look at these two um, subjects of edifying and helping one another and trusting the Lord at the same time. So let's, let's pray and we'll look at this passage. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the chance to look into your word this evening. Lord, we pray that you would Prepare our hearts to hear what you have for us each, Lord, and, and to see, to understand what you are saying in your word, what you are saying to each one of us. Lord, may we make application, may we allow this to change our lives and to uh, use us for your glory. We pray that you would uh, give wisdom, uh, Lord, and and. May you challenge by your spirit through this message we ask in Christ's name. Amen. If you look here, we'll be looking at Romans chapter 15. But if you turn back to 
chapter 12. And just to give a bit of a bit of context first, Romans is divided, we could say, into two halves. The first part is the explanation of salvation. But then the second half, starting from verse 12, is the application of salvation. What we should do because of what God has done for us, what, what we have in Christ. Um, and chapter 12 here begins this application of, of the gospel of salvation and it, it shows us how we can love and serve one another. If you look at, at this chapter, the second half there is full of commands, full of short, sharp uh, challenges of different ways we can help one another, serve one another. Uh, and this is... Um, in regards to service, if you look over at chapter 13, uh, this chapter focuses on honouring and, uh, and giving uh, respect one to another. It talks about how to treat authorities, how to love one's neighbour as yourself. And then into chapter 14, we look at how to protect and how to build up one another. Um, it uh, feeds into chapter 15 then, which we'll be looking at. Chapter 15 is an outflow of this, this idea we've looked at serving, at respecting, at uh, honouring one another, uh, and this is about considering one another. But we'll look first at Romans 14 verses 1 to 3, and um, this chapter is talking specifically about considering one another in regards to convictions, personal convictions, things that aren't essentials, things that are um, personal standards, you could say. So, if we, we read verses 1 to 3, it says, Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. And the, the point of the chapter, the Lord stresses the fact that we, we mustn't let um, convictions divide us. We mustn't let that um, cause uh, arguments, cause um, issues one with another, and first, the first um, thing we see here is don't let um, convictions divide, but remain united. Uh, unite in, in spite of differing convictions. And um, we must remember that with, with non-essentials, with essentials, of course, there must be obedience to the Word of God. We must all conform to the same standards. With non-essentials, there is freedom to choose, but to choose for yourself, not to choose for other people. Um, it's, it's not a matter of judging what others do in those things. Then if you jump to the end of this chapter uh, and the summary of this, verses 19 and 20 read, Let us therefore follow after, things, after the things which make for peace and things which, wherewith one may edify another. For meat, destroy not the work of God, for all things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offence. 
And so secondly, we must unite by being careful, um, being careful of and seeking to edify the brethren. Uh, we, we, must be, we must have edifying one another, which is building up each other, helping each other to grow and move forward. That must be our goal. We mustn't get caught up in uh, differences of standards as, as this, this chapter's looked at. Um, and that is the emphasis here, and that is the background for chapter 15, consider, being considerate of one another. But chapter 15 goes on to look at a broader perspective, not just about personal standards, convictions, but how to be considerate of each other in every aspect of our lives. And so if you look with me at chapter 15, we'll read uh, verses or just the first verse, it says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. And uh, we, we see by now that the emphasis is on, um, on working together, on, on harmony in the church amongst believers, on being considerate one of another. So, here in this verse we see, first of all, that those who are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Strong and weak, it, it's also, um, it could be described as those who are capable, those who are incapable, those who are mature Christians, those who are very young Christians. Um, and we see here, those, those Christians who are capable, mature, are strong in the faith. We're to seek to be an encouragement and to help the weaker believers, the younger believers, the less mature believers by bearing infirmities. Infirmities, things that we struggle with, things that um, maybe issues, maybe uh, physical, maybe uh, emotional, things that are difficulties that someone is going through. Those um, who you see around you, in difficulty, with struggles, we are to help one another. That's the point here uh, of, of this, um, this, this part of verse 1. But also, we see secondly, in, in the second half, and not to please ourselves. Adding to that idea of going out of your way to help those who are weaker, who are less mature. The idea of not pleasing yourselves, focusing on others. Um, the Christian life is not meant to be uh, an exclusive experience. We are a body. The church is likened to a body where all the different parts of the body have a role to play, but only in connection to the rest of the body. You can't have an arm living a, a purposeful life by itself. It only has purpose when it's connected to the body and helping the body in the whole purpose. We're to serve one another. We're, we're likened to a family. We're not, we're not just by ourselves. We're all together. And the Lord would have us not to please ourselves, but as we read in verse 2, let every one of us please his neighbour for his good to edification. So, not just pleasing uh, others and doing anything that will 
be pleasing. The goal here is edify, edifying one another, building people up, helping one another spiritually. All right? that's, that's the purpose of pleasing one another. And so we see these two challenges, but then God gives us in, in verse 3 the example. Christ who, it says here, even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that repro- reproached thee fell on me. This, this passage talking of Christ, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. Christ took the reproaches of others. Christ did not have struggles and issues and troubles, but he came to a world full of people with struggles and difficulties and problems, and he took those on personally. He became involved in other people's difficulties to seek to help them and to bring them closer to the Lord. That, that was what Christ did. And we need to remember Christ's example as we are challenged to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Christ bore the infirmities of the weak. Every, every one of us is weak compared to Christ. We are the weak and he is the only one that is strong, that is capable. And he bore our troubles. He still does bear our, iniqui- our um, infirmities, our problems. He helps us. And Christ pleased not himself. He, was, he didn't come to be ministered unto, but what? To minister, to give his life. He came for others. And that is to be our focus. So, uh, as we see this point of, of seeking to unite, to edify, one, to, to help one another, uh, Christ is our example in this. Uh, we might see, we might consider the example of um, of crossing a river, of two friends uh, getting from one side to the other over a log bridge, and the first gets across fine, and and he's on the other side waiting for his friend, and his friend starts to cross and gets halfway and slips and falls in, and now his friend is in the river trying to wade ashore. If we are that friend, we don't stay high and dry on, on the bank watching our friend struggle through the water. That's not a good friend. The right thing would be to be willing to get your shoes wet, to go in the water, to help them. All right? We, we are to consider those who are struggling, those who have needs. Um, that's not to say that we should go into, into um, the world. For example, if someone's struggling in sin, you don't get involved in that sin so you know how to help them out. That's not going to help them out. Um, two people in quicksand is, is no good. But to go into, to be involved in um, someone's life when they have an issue, a problem, when you can help them out of some trouble that they're going through and draw alongside and help them to grow and come closer to the Lord, that is, that is what we ought to be doing. And we see in verse 4 that as we go through, as we seek to be a help one to another, the Lord gives us encouragement and, and He is, is there to support us along the way. If we read verse 4, it says, 
For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. We know this verse, and it is a very uh, applicable verse in many, um, in many different situations. And why is it here? Well, the Lord has just used an Old Testament passage in verse 3, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. That's a quote from the book of Psalms, and it's used to apply to the Lord Jesus. But it's, the Lord included that here in the book of Romans to teach us a lesson, and, and he tells us things that are recorded in the Scriptures are there to teach us. Here we, we see from that, that quote, we see that the Lord um, is our example. We, we are encouraged uh, through God, through Christ's example, to help one another, to be considerate of one another. And the Scriptures are our help as we seek to draw alongside and help a brother or a sister in, in Christ as they struggle. One function of the Scriptures is to give uh, patience and comfort, it says there, uh, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Um, one commentator, Matthew Henry, says that these words, patience and comfort, they, they suppose uh, trouble and sorrow. You're not going to need patience and comfort unless you're going to face trouble and sorrow. And, and that's what's going to happen in the Christian life. And even if you might be going through a, a good patch at the moment, there, there's probably a brother or sister in Christ who's going through something uh, a bit worse than you and, and we should be weeping with those that weep and seeking to help them. And as we are in, in need of encouragement, in need of comfort, in need of strength to endure patiently, the Lord will give that through His Word. And that's why we, we must remember to, to go to the Word of God. He gives us what we need through that he, he feeds us, He keeps us from, uh, from fading away, from burning out in seeking to help others. He's, he's the one who's our strength. Um, and, and so we must remember to be faithfully in God's house, in God's Word, where God can feed us and encourage us. And then... As we, as we look at, at this point of, of seeking to unite and help one another, we come to verses 5 and 6 and we see God at the heart of it all. Uh, verse 5 and 6 read, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we see there the God of patience and consolation. The same words, the same Greek words as, as it says before, we through, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, it's, we have the God of patience and consolation. He is the one. It's, it's not the literal ink on the page. It's God speaking through His Word that gives us that patient endurance, that gives us that comfort. And God is the one who will feed us. But also, as God feeds us and, and gives us that through His Word, 
He's making us more like Him. He is the source of patience, of comfort, and we are being drawn closer to Him and closer to one another as, as we serve, as we draw alongside to help one another. And so the result of all of this, in verse 6, that ye may, with one mind, all, all agreeing, and with one mouth, all joining in, glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The result of, of harmony amongst the brethren, of helping one another and being helped, is that we give God the glory for what He is doing, what He is empowering one and each of us to do, uh, and the work that He's doing to build us up through that. Um, that's what it, it, it means in, in Philippians, as, as we know the verse of, or the phrase, striving together. Um, the verse uh, reads, let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast with one mind, uh, in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. We're, we're to be striving together, not, not each of us striving. It, it's not a... Um, an exclusive thing, it's striving together. We're, we're one family, one body striving together. Don't leave someone behind because they are weaker, because they are less mature, less capable. Seek to be an encouragement to them. And so, uh, as, as we consider this point of, of uniting to help one another, of edifying one another, remember that Christ is our example and teacher. He, he pleased not himself. He went out of his way to help those who had troubles, who had struggles. And we should ask ourselves, how are you, how am I helping others? What am I doing to help my brethren in the Lord? Um, maybe, maybe you are the Weaker brother, maybe you're struggling with someone. Seek to seek help, seek uh, encouragement, and seek to be growing through God's word, listening and obeying God's word, so that you might be built up and you can pass on to others what you have received from the Lord through His word, through the brethren. You can be that one to pass on that to others, and we should all be looking out and considering one another, seeing who has struggles, seek to pray, seek to be willing to, um, to be there for accountability to someone. It, even if you, you can't see struggles, we, we don't look for those who have the biggest problems in their life and everyone crowds around them. Ask, ask a brother or a sister, how are you going? How can I pray for you? What, what's going on in your life at the moment? Seek to be a blessing. Consider others. And so, that, that is the first way in which we can uh, consider one another and, and bring glory to God. But as we continue, uh, verses 7 to 13, the Lord builds from this uh, subject of helping one another, edifying one another, and He moves on to how we can trust in Him, how we can uh, have faith in our God. If we read verse 7, it says, Wherefore receive ye one another as Christ 
also received us to the glory of God. And again, the idea of receiving one another, being accepting of one another. Christ, uh, Christ was impartial. He came into the world to save sinners, to save everyone. He came uh, not, not for some, not for those who are good enough, not, uh, not for um, those that he had chosen beforehand to come for. He came for everyone. And, and we see that as uh, verse 8 and 9 read, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to com- confirm the promises made unto the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. And uh, in these two verses, we see uh, the two aspects of, of Christ's coming. The gospel we read is uh, to the Jew first. Christ said um, during his ministry, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Christ came firstly as the Messiah to the Jews, but not exclusively, because he commissioned then his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The gospel is to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles, also to the Greek. That's everyone else who isn't uh, of the the, uh, nation of Israel. God came for everyone, not, not exclusively, but for everyone. And, and that, again, is, is our example to be uh, seeking to be considering everyone, not just some, not just those that are like us or those who are, uh, we feel, of our spiritual stature, uh, as, as if we can judge that, but those who are our brethren, Every, every believer we should be considering to provoke unto love and to good works. That should be um, our goal. But as we, as we see this, Christ then uh, um, shows us uh, some points of trust. Uh, and first of all, we see from verses 9 to 11, um, the Lord brings out further quotes just to confirm that Christ didn't come for the Jew only, he came for everyone. And we'll read verse 9 to 11. um, And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again, "Praise praise the Lord all ye Gentiles and laud him all ye people. And verse 12 as well, and again, Isaiah saith, there shall be a root of Jesse and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles trust. And that really is a conclusive proof that that there are quotes there from the law, from Deuteronomy, from Psalms, from the prophets. The whole range of the Hebrew scriptures is not just the Messiah was promised to the Jews. Yes, he was. And first and foremost to the Jews, but also to the rest of the world, to everyone else, he was promised. And that, that is, uh, as it reads there in verse 9, a reason for us to glorify God 
for his mercy, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. You can, we can only truly, properly glorify God once we have received salvation, once we have been saved from our sins. Only then can we really understand who he is and what he's done for us and we can truly bring glory to him as, as his redeemed children. But as we, um, as we go on through our Christian life, we don't move on from salvation and leave it in the past. Yes, salvation is a, a one-time work. We make one decision to put our faith in Jesus Christ to forgive us from sins. That's once and it's completed. But it's to be something that we carry with us throughout the whole Christian life. As we sing, we're singing to the one who died for us and rose again, the, our Saviour. We're seeking to glorify Him. As we pray, we, we glorify Him and, and we thank Him for His work of salvation. And the very reason that we can come before the Lord in prayer is through the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross through our Saviour, through our salvation. And it points us back to Him, the, the Lord's table, is a time specifically to point us back so that we don't forget, so that we don't leave that in the past. It's, it's to be uh, something to remember and to keep with us. But also, as we continue on throughout the Christian life, as, we, as the Lord gives us further um, opportunity to learn to trust Him and to uh, believe His Word, there is further opportunity to praise and glorify Him. As we look down in uh, verses 12 and 13, um, the second half or the end of verse 12, in Him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And um, the, those, those words there at the end of verse 12, um, trust, and the start of verse 13, the God of hope. Those are the same, same words. Those we could say, in him shall the Gentiles hope, and the God of hope. Or we could say, in him shall the Gentiles trust, and the God of, of trust, the trustworthy God. Uh, that's the same thing, because yes, uh, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in, in believing. As we believe in Christ for salvation, we are filled with, with the joy and the peace that He gives us. Our sins are taken care of. They're, they're removed. We no longer have to worry about that. We have a home in heaven. But as, as we have further opportunity to believe in God, uh, the God of hope gives us promises in His Word to trust in, and as we have, and as we put our faith in God's promises, He can give us further joy and peace and hope through through His Word, through trusting in Him. Um, it comes through prayer uh, that can be a means of of giving us that hope and joy and peace. Verse thirteen is essentially a prayer. Paul is is writing this as a prayer. Now the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. He's, he's praying 
that's his desire, that, that God would do that. And prayer is one way. And as we saw in verse 4, um, whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures. The Scriptures are a means of giving us hope, of giving us that joy and peace. But though these are the means, essentially, as it says here in verse 13, we have joy and peace in believing, and it is through the power of the Holy Ghost. As we put our faith in these things, as we pray and trust God, as we look at His promises in His Word and and believe that He's going to He's going to um, fulfill His Word, that gives us joy and peace through believing, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is within us, and as we uh, trust the Lord, He He brings out that fruit of the Spirit. He produces that love, joy, peace, all of those fruit of the Spirit come when we are willing to trust in God's Word, trust in our God. Um, that, is, that is how we can receive these, these things, joy and peace and hope. And, and just as the blessings of salvation cause us to glorify God for what He's done, so the blessings from further trust in His Word and, and trust as we leave things in His hands through prayer. The blessings that He gives us through that give us cause to glorify Him, give us a reason to thank Him for being trustworthy, being not a sinking ship, but being a reliable hope, a, a sure rock, as the Bible describes Him, someone who's stable, that we can build our lives on, that we can stand firmly on because we know it's not going to collapse, it's not going to topple or sink, it's going to remain, it's going to be sure, we can trust. And so that, that is a cause uh, or, or a, a reason to glorify God. So as we consider this this evening, we, we consider the two aspects of, of glorifying God that we've seen in, in this chapter, lending a hand and taking God's hand. Seeking who we can uh, help, considering the brethren, uh, looking around at who we can seek to edify and encourage, um, and also trusting in God's promises. If you would ask yourself, who is that brother or sister around me that I can bear some infirmity for, I can bear some burden for, who who around me can I be a blessing to? Consider that, maybe they're burdened with stress, maybe with worries. Lend a hand. Don't, don't, sit, don't stand there on the bank and, and watch them struggle in the water. Go, be willing to go and, and get wet and, and help them out. Not, not because of you, but because of the Word of God and through the Lord who gives us comfort and patience, seek to be a blessing. Challenge uh, one another to, to leave it all in God's hands. Uh, maybe someone, a brother or a sister you can see is struggling with a sin, they're uh, fighting against some habit, 
in their lives and seeking to gain victory, draw alongside. Don't, don't leave them to battle alone. Be, be there to be a help to them. Seek how you can encourage them. Share God's word with them. Pray for them. Be accountable or, or hold them accountable if, if they need and desire. Be a, be a blessing. Seek who you can be a help to. Don't ignore your brethren. And also, secondly, live the Christian life in, in confidence, fully trusting God in his, his promises. His promises are endless. We can trust God for everything. What is it that perhaps in the past year, perhaps already in this year, you've been failing to trust God about? You've been taking it on yourself. Or you've been stressing because you think there's no hope and it's out of control and no one can, can help me here. God can. And God gives us reason to trust Him through His Word. He will, he will honour His Word. He will fulfil what He has said He will do. You can leave everything with God. Don't hold on to anything to, to try and keep control of this and manage this yourself. Give it to God. Trust in Him and as He gives you joy and peace in believing, it will be a cause to glorify Him. So as we serve one another and build up one another together, it will be a means of glorifying God and as we trust God, His Spirit will produce that hope and joy, that fruit of the Spirit that will give, give us a, an urge, a desire to glorify God for the his work in our lives. So let's consider to consider one another and consider how we can trust in God's word.